is up? <laughs> what is up? This Soul is Soup. Soul Soup. Soul Soup is up. We're back for another week. Episode um, 10. Episode 10, guys. We're in the double digits. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. It's crazy. So we want to start off really quickly. Um, last yeah. week, we introduced Album Club, but we were super bad about <laughs> advertising. Um, we decided in last week's episode that we would introduce Album Club yeah, without exactly. telling anyone else. <laughs> so, and everyone was really busy, so we know you'd be yeah. listening on a normal week. Unless you're you like, a super fan. Yeah. Um, Which, like, you just should Zach be. Burton. It was the first week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Zach Burton wasn't his name. <laughs> so, the album was Solid Air by John Martin, so we would still recommend. Highly recommend. Playing Great album. Yeah. But, um, so this week, what the, are we doing? This week. This week. We listening to some Nina Simone. Simone. That's Let's what go. today's episode is all about. Yeah, the High Priestess of Soul. I think that's such a fitting name for her. Like, because as and and as we both absolutely and as we both decided to get last week, we were like, we should get into Nina Simone. Yeah, exactly. Like, this would be perfect for the show. Why do we not think of that? This and is crazy. I think we both like. I don't know. On this, yeah, this is really like shaking, shaking my view of her completely. Yes. Um, and the cool music Instagram person that blogger that you put me onto Saving Connie oh, Saving Connie yeah happened to have a list of perfect albums you recommended yeah and one of them was the album Pastel Blues yeah by Nina Simone and, and it was just perfect synchronicity yeah so this week's album club is Pastel Blues Pastel Blues by Nina Simone Nina Simone yeah <laughs> so get on that guys that's your homework um, so yeah we have so much to talk about with Nina Simone I yeah. want to credit the Netflix documentary that yeah. kind of like exposed everything for me um, we both watched it last night. We both watched it. Um, what's it? What happened to Nina Simone? What Miss happened? Simone. What happened, Miss Simone? What happened, Miss Simone? On Netflix, amazing. That's what the heaviest shit you'll ever see. So heavy, but honestly, still like so relevant to this day. Like some of the quotes that she was saying, I might mention some of them later. So applicable to today. Yeah. Like it's crazy. No, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can't. So, born Eunice Wayman. Yeah. Um, that's actually her name. I don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't even know that either. That Nina Simone was a. Uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, our stage name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pseudonym. Pseudonym, exactly. Um, I don't know where to. We start off with a song first. I suppose we better start we'll come off back with, a song. with some. Yeah. Um. So. Because I've been getting into this last week, and it's just so good. Mm. Um. As one thing we were going to discuss, it's a, uh, um, uh, a major theme of all this is that like most of it is just so piano heavy because she's actually more of a pianist than a singer. Yeah. Think. So that was her main goals she was practicing piano since she was four and she wanted to be the first classically trained black female pianist playing in Carnegie Hall and she did end up playing Carnegie Hall uh which is amazing but unfortunately as a singer and Mm, not a classical pianist yeah which is quite it's quite moving seeing her talk about it because you can sense that like kind of disappointment Mm, like mm. as as happy as she is and we'll get into that um you still see that disappointment, so yeah, it was all she wanted. Yeah, well, well, look, take focus this on now. the piano anyway, guys. That's the biggest. That's the, that's the main thing. This is my baby just cares me. One of her hits, I'd say. Yeah, from definitely. her first album. It's an amazing song. First album. Little girl blue. Enjoy. <laughs> My baby don't 
stuff yeah just a lovely that's a lovely little kind of light tune yeah um to get so, us started yeah yeah again off the first album we're gonna play another one of our biggest hits next as well off that same album that kind of i'd say shot her into the lime i'm like uh yeah yeah i love you porgy yeah yeah, yeah her first Zuporgy. um her first tune uh from um the musical porgy and best by george yeah it's george gershman yeah um and it was never like promoted to be like a huge hit or anything it just became that and i think yeah. that's that's like a really fitting way to talk about her career as well and that like um she wanted to be a classically trained pianist and like a famous pianist but f- like for financial reasons had to sing mm. to keep a job mm. and that's just so interesting to hear an artist come from this place well we, 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 should, we can fill in a little bit of the ways she got there yeah yeah so, so she started when she was playing she around was like three points. or four yeah um her mother was a preacher yeah and then she won't play in the church. Yeah. And then these white ladies see her. 
Yeah. And they're like at a recital. So she's, she's already playing a recital at age twelve. Yeah. Um very much. But I suppose that would have been I think I would have thought that was years after when she No, because Okay, I see I don't know now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We should know this, but uh, she yeah, she had the recital at age twelve and yeah. that's when she got the piano teacher. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, okay. the okay. white yeah. piano teacher. Oh fair, okay. Yeah. Well, um, what 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 happened at the at the at the at, at the recital that was when her parents were not allowed in the front oh yeah yeah this is one of the main things <laughs> with that like recital her own recital well. of her daughter and the parents due to segregation and Jim Crow like weren't allowed to yeah sit okay. at the front to and see her own daughter the front seats were full of white people yeah and she said I'm not playing until she's 12 at the time she's 12 and already yeah <laughs> and I think said, I'm not playing until my parents are sitting in the front row I think that's so indicative like of her future career mm-hmm. as well and her as an activist um which yeah yeah started so way back then yeah yeah she and she was with this piano teacher for ages she was she, we, in the movie she said she had to cross these train tracks that divided her town between white people and black people yeah and such an appropriate metaphor as well yeah like genuinely splitting the town yeah yeah and, uh, yeah what's the name I forget the name of that segregation uh, uh, it's segregation but there's a specific thing when uh, the actual land is split Good uh, is it redlining I think a red zone okay okay um, everything rings a bell but it's like, yeah, the physical segregation along with the social segregation. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this piano teacher believed in her so much and mm-hmm. started a fund for her. Yeah. Um, what was that? She... The Eunice Women Education Fund. And then she gets, yeah. she gets to go to school for this reason. Yeah. Secondary school. Like This fund is huge as well. Like for... Mm-hmm. It's very good. It gets her a long way, uh, including into Juilliard. Yeah. 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 Taking lessons in Juilliard which is known as one of the best, biggest schools, to apply for a school I hadn't heard of, Curtis, in Philadelphia. Yeah, for the diploma. Yeah. Yeah. Where 72 people applied for a piano like degree or, yeah. or, um, at, in this this year. It's like a scholarship, yeah. yeah two, and, scholarship. and three people got in. Three out of 72, and she was convinced she was going to get it. That yeah. Was, Maybe she should have. She absolutely should have. Do you know, um, this is a bit of a, that's not a spoiler, I guess, but she applied for that scholarship when she was 19. And I believe it was like four days before she passed away, and she got awarded the oh yeah 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 from the is it Curtis yeah yeah, yeah. so that's a a nice um come around I guess but it was obviously due to her being a a black woman and maybe dying at yeah yeah well she, she oh that the fact oh, that she didn't later, get sorry, it yeah. yeah 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 but she yeah um yeah she she was, she reckoned it was um discrimination yeah re- discrimination for why she didn't she, get in yeah. And um, but uh, because her her whole family had moved to Philadelphia as well, to be near her, yeah, she was going to get in, yeah. And then she didn't. She had to. Then she then she started working. Then she started working again, just yeah, playing in clubs. And she kept taking private lessons with one of the privately with one of the teachers from yeah Curtis, yeah. Um, but she but between that she had to she had to gig and she had to work as a photographer's assistant. Yeah, she was doing a lot of small jobs because there were so many people depending on her mm-hmm. because they had all moved out to be with her and. I think this was one of the main like turning points where she was working in that smaller jazz club, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the only way she could keep the job, the manager was saying that she had to sing as well. Mm-hmm. Even though she never really wanted to sing, she could sing. She had a really interesting baritone voice, as you can mm-hmm. tell. So she was picked up and like noticed very quickly, I think. And she only um, wanted to play classical, but she had to sing for the work. So then it ended yeah. up doing a lot of more pop and jazz stuff as well. And yeah. that's yeah. how the career developed. Then. And then... A friend, as a f- favor for a friend, she wanted to perform Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Um, and, and then all of a sudden it became. She, one of she her just recorded. Hits. Yeah. 
In the 19th... I'm gonna... <laughs> Not too sure now. Okay, we'll find the the, the the year of the album Yeah, for you after, but... Here is I Love Zee Porgy, one of our biggest hits uh, that shot her into fame. Enjoy. Thank you. 
That was I Loves You Porgy. Yeah, that's the first release ever. Yeah. 1958. 1958. And um, really shot her into... Yeah. Which is... Went in top 20 in Billboard all across America. Yeah. So impressive. What I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we want to talk a bit about, like, say, her management there at the time would have been her husband. Yeah. Um, a man who was a police investigator in New York yeah. in the 50s, which is obviously a pretty intense job. Intense job. Intense... For that environment, like intense guy as well. Yes, um, um, she'll find out. About. So this is Andrew Stroud. I think that's how you say his mm-hmm. second name. Um, just hearing from Nina, like the clips in the documentary, she was talking about how he basically scouted her. You know, in a way, mm-hmm. like he had come to her show and they got on, but he had come to see her specifically and left his well-paying job to become her full-time manager in all mm. term, like in all aspects. Um. They started off good. They obviously had a child together, Lisa. Um, but there was a lot of domestic abuse, yeah. unfortunately, in the relationship. Um, they were very excited, I think, the first kind of period when they heard, like, they moved out to... The foot- the film we watched last night shows lovely footage of, like, when they moved out to New York and their life yeah. was nice at the start. Yeah. And then as soon as things got, like, a little bit iffy, it uh, turns out she was a very, very, very abusive man. Yeah. She talked about, like, the week after giving birth and how that was like most beautiful time of her life mm-hmm. and it does sound beautiful but knowing what happens next is a bit um, it's heartbreaking know, really it's, it is extremely heartbreaking it's like the tormented artist um, the classic story kind of but and all these as in like the film shows all these diary entries where she just yeah. literally like this is horse's mouth yeah. she paints exactly what happened and it's yeah. just like it's just incredible she's talking blatantly about like it being in depressive episodes and stuff but she doesn't really yeah. understand it and like um, say later in her life she finally was kind of forced into medication obviously but mm-hmm. you know I think she would have needed it for a while sorry not needed but you know I think she could have done with a mental help anyway oh yeah yeah um, yeah since she I guess began you know structurally and socially like those <clears throat> systems just didn't exist at the they time. weren't there at all yeah and um, we were kind of saying yeah like she was clearly an unstable character the best mm-hmm. of times it's hard to know how much of that depended on like the way she would have been when she was born anyway compared yeah. to uh, like or versus contribution from the stuff yeah that she went through yeah she got older because there's like, like the so many aspects between like her mental state the civil war sorry yeah the civil civil not civil, civil unrest civil uh, rights movement civil yeah. rights movement and you know the obviously domestic abuse in the relationship like there's so mm-hmm. many aspects that like We've no clue where it comes from, you know. Mm. Obviously, but um, because as she started to perform more, she would become really like difficult. And, yeah, she'd be um, touring all the time as well with her, yeah. having to like abandon her newborn, like you know. Yeah, and uh, and just being really kind of like, there, uh, there's reports from um, musicians she met who were close to her that worked with her all the time, mm-hmm. um, like of of um, times where she couldn't go on stage because she was having like nervous breakdowns or whatever, or yeah. she would go on stage a lot and then she would, you know, refuse. to keep playing if someone was talking yeah and like you really can, erratic and you can kind of see that sometimes and be like do you know what that's commendable in a way like she would she was very particular about um, being respected on stage yes and I think the contrast of her wants 
to be a professional pianist and respect that you know audiences have in that world in contrast to say like the blues jazz like um gigs that she would have done after yes like you wouldn't get the same respect in a way yeah yeah definitely I, 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 I definitely not but as in the ways she dealt with it i suppose in terms of like yeah in terms of just her instability and we and like the, some of the some of the the pictures the images that they talk about of like the ways that she dealt with the husband at home sounds like she could have been caused genuine brain damage in my opinion, oh, yeah, some of this, yeah yeah that maybe contributed to these kind of ways that she acted and yeah yeah even, even though um it was always with like a strong integrity to um which is also what feels activism civil yeah civil rights movement for um black emancipation came about in like the mid 50s to mid 60s yeah i think and, one um, of the most famous like songs from her would be mississippi goddamn hmm. which was very interesting uh there's a whole section about that in the movie and they're yeah. saying what's your man saying in the um what do you what you you, you said the quote oh, earlier basically that like not even a, a black like male artist at the time mm-hmm. would dare to like curse in a song mm-hmm. but it really does evoke what everyone wanted to say at the time what every black person wanted to you know like that like sheer anger in the song is so moving to mm-hmm. see um and that's like i think that, that documentary and stuff and reading about her life um put so many of these songs into a different perspective like genuinely as much as her raw like vocals and her playing like how evocative they are with the context it's so much different like it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. genuinely chilling no her um her actual character she brings to the music is just really yeah. really really strong yeah and uh, we can listen to some of it now yeah so this is a bit of a heavy episode i think this guy this week but yeah, it's gonna be um that's okay uh, i think it's it's completely valid yeah it's just a little the, the life we're talking about mm. and so we'll, so we'll interrupt it with a song and it, yeah we have a bit of a break. We're gonna do, I don't know. I I think um, I we have not necessarily tailored. We have some of them with the context that we're talking about. We but we haven't necessarily tailored the music today to uh, the history. Yeah, these are just some of our favorite Nina Simone songs. Some of our favorites. Some of them are quite um fitting, though. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think we're gonna do. I put a spell on you. I put a spell on you. This is a very famous number. To be yeah. fair, absolutely love it. So here we go. Take this. Enjoy. Put a spell on you
This is incredible. Like, yeah, this is um, one of the most famous Nina records for a reason, I suppose. Definitely, yeah, and so short, but so evocative again. Yeah, but um, I think we were just talking there about how some of these songs, especially in the documentary, obviously they um mirror her experience so well in a way. Like, even though um the song topic may not be exactly sorry now plain, like may not be exactly about her own life and experiences but they can definitely mirror them like even I put a spell on you mm. like thinking about that in the context of an abusive relationship she's talking about yeah it's this kind of a love that's really hard to live through yeah and um, just, so uh, yeah in the same sense I think we're gonna go with work song yeah obviously very heavy song about slavery mm-hmm. um, but needed and I think it kind of mirrors her own sense of having to be forced into singing and this, this limelight. Yeah, that yeah. Like working. Working. For, just, um, she was, she talks about like the people, her family having moved to Philadelphia, like about like something like 19 people depending on her and how she couldn't, it wasn't up to her whether she could sing or not. She had to. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, like the, her husband and manager would have forced her as well. She felt like a racehorse is one of her quotes. Yeah, one of her quotes. She moved around the place. Yeah. We'll give, we'll give you work song anyway because it's another um, famous number and again, is it? And again, obviously amazing. I hope you yes. can all appreciate the piano as well. Yeah, um, that was one of my favourite ones in the last one. She would enjoy that being appreciated. So. Mm. Here's Here work song. Enjoy. Breaking rocks out here on the chain Breaking rocks and stood me in my time Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang Cause the dumb convicted me a crime Hold it steady right there while I hit it Well, I reckon that ought to get it Been working and working But I still got so terribly far to go
see my sweet honeybee Gonna break this chain off the run I'm gonna lay down somewhere shady Lord, I sure am hard in the sun Hold it right there while I hit Well, I reckon that ought to get it been working Okay, so that was work song. That's a nice little, extremely moving, and it's yeah. honestly very nice. Yeah, it's just very, it's tr- yeah, it's pretty like it chugs along. Yeah, it's like working, fitting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, we have a whole really song. I I think I I'd like to throw on another one from her, the first album, um, Little Girl Blue, mm-hmm. which was released um, as 1959, as we said. This is Playing yeah. Gold Ring. This is just another tune I heard recently. I really liked it, but yeah, it I think we're on. gonna get into a few like consistent songs for a while now. Yeah, throw on a few. And then we'll come back in and talk about it later. We will. Okay. So here's this playing, is Plain Gold Ring. Plain Gold Ring. Enjoy. Plain Gold Ring on his finger he wore It was where everyone could see He belonged to someone But not me On his head was a plain gold band Plain gold ring had a story to tell It was one I'm going 
two songs there um, the first was second one was Little Girl Blues sorry yeah that, that last one that was just Little Girl Blue there from the Little Girl Blue album and so was the one before Plain Gold Ring yeah um, both kind of bare songs you heard like the or the instrumentation in Plain Gold Ring is really interesting the way it's like really spooky and eerie it's like a folk yeah. really old folk tune or something yeah her that was like noted like her use of folk and mm-hmm. um, with the classical like training was amazing mm-hmm. yeah and then adding in those kind of like cascades of yeah crescendos and like the pianos and stuff yeah like you're saying like painting yeah yeah um, just 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 pushing it into the yeah. space at the right time to like yeah yeah oh just really really nice to amazing hear amazing musician um, i think that's like yeah that was what we were saying earlier as well we were just like she was known she's known as a soul singer. jazz blues singer 
but she should be known as a yeah she's a piano player and it's amazing seeing her play like the clips of her back in the day it's just yeah it's insane um so i don't know if we were talking about yeah we we're talking about carnegie hall um we're gonna play i'd say what's the song called again if you knew mm-hmm. uh if live recording knew. of her from carnegie hall uh remastered so that's what we have coming up next uh, this is what that's we're gonna play that now yeah and after we will tell you what year it is from yeah <laughs> yeah if, if you knew If you knew, like I'm going to have to listen to that again. Pay proper attention because I mm. didn't. Um, so that was 63, was it? 
63 we found, yeah, she was in Carnegie Hall. We were just saying, like, yeah, the first album in 59, recorded and released, and then... Four years later, she's in Carnegie Hall. Four years later, Carnegie Hall. And, like, uh, like we were saying, she always wanted to play Carnegie Hall, but she was playing under an alias with, you know, jazz and blues Alias being Nina Simone. Alias being Nina Simone, her real name being Eunice Wayman. But we didn't say why, though. We didn't say why. Uh, take it away. <laughs> and uh, but, and she had so she had a boyfriend that called her Nina at some point. Chico yeah, Nina, early on. Uh, with like little one, yeah, in Spanish. And and then it was a uh, Simone, a French actress named Simone Signoret. Signoret. Signor, <laughs> French actress. And she liked the name. She liked the name. She put it together, and she was using it as an alias since she since she began singing in the jazz clubs mm. because, as you said, her mother was a preacher and didn't really approve of quote-unquote devil devil music and the yeah the kind of disappointment that she talks about uh when she talks about Carnegie Hall it's not only that she wasn't playing um you know Bach um there but kind of that she was still under an alias you know Mm, she mm, wrote mm. a letter to her mom saying I guess it feels feels like the same it probably felt like like the highest version of the same thing. She goes to the club, yeah. she has a chorus like Nina Simone, so her mom doesn't know she's playing yeah. jazz blues and she gets, she can't... She did she, send a letter to her mom but was like apologising that she wasn't playing back. And like it's like that um, double-edged sword. I think that like you keep seeing throughout her entire career of like she's doing so well but there's just such a sense of something wrong, you know? And I think even her guitarist, Al Shukman? Al Shackman. Shackman even talks about that as well that there was something eating away at her mm. for so many years and it really does um, you know build up um, throughout yeah, her life as we said about how difficult she could be on stage later I suppose that that's probably the same thing like all these different angles of the troubles like the troubles she went through at home mm. and then like probably like there was a, another part of her that's kind of just screaming about the fact that she's here like compromising on her music yeah, because the people the crowds of the people that want to hear her in her like prime when she's like developed a mature artist they want to listen to the jazz and blues yeah. they want to listen to the pop songs and probably like this is same, probably feels like the same concept as not yeah. being able to play exactly what she wanted or having to like hide the herself racehorse thing early again. on as well yeah. yeah and like the thing that you see as well throughout is like she moves she eventually leaves the relationship with them or the the marriage with Andrew abandoning her daughter as well in, in New York but and moves to Liberia mm-hmm. and the recordings of her talking about it in fairness she does recount it in the most positive light like she sounds like she genuinely she's lived happy Liberia. yeah she was actually free and had no like she was obviously using her funds but she had no like financial obligations to mm-hmm. have to sing or play piano and she actually didn't like which is very interesting to see see exactly what she truly wanted to live like you know mm. until she was actually forced back into sorry not forced but financially in a situation where she had to perform again in places like Paris and Switzerland. Um, but yeah. It's, you gotta watch the movie. You gotta watch the documentary. Like, <laughs> I really don't heavy. think, it's it's heavy, but it's genuinely so, it's a rich so life. Moving. It's a really rich. Yeah. It recontextualizes everything. Like, oh. all of these songs you can listen to in a different light. Yeah, yeah. Um, of a really, a really strong mind and soul and yeah. an incredible talent. And, um, Incre- like, incredible activist as well. And they're just the, just the just so many different aspects of a really hard environment yeah between yeah. a relationship <clears throat> and the struggles with the music and her parental relationship her relationship with her daughter and then the civil, and then her civil relationship rights. with music in general like 
you can tell in some of her performances that she genuinely is enjoying it, but it's the double-edged sword again. It's just this war story of her peace. Even, uh, like, her as a civil activist did, you know, er, compromise kind of her position as as an artist. Yeah, also that, You know, her being booked, um, it, like, it interfered with that sometimes. She got more and more vocal. She got more and more vocal, would only play more of her activist songs, which... Like, you can't blame her like you know yeah, that, like was, it's, it's, that was her whole thing yeah I commend her for that absolutely um, sticking true like she was never a sellout like at mm-hmm. all throughout and everything then, and then this gave, made her less and less popular in the eyes of the, the venues who yeah, want to sell tickets and venue bookers shows. yeah and, and by extension her husband who was in charge of making the money for them and wanted to use her to make more and more money yeah exactly yeah and um, but, um, and he mentions like she, that she he says anyway we said mm. that, she, that she was in didn't sit down watching TV and watching, like, seeing her kind of contemporaries. Yeah. Like Gladys Knight and Gladys Aretha Knight, Franklin. Aretha Franklin. They're um, getting on, on The Tonight Show and all this. Yeah. And she's not because she's out here singing, getting really vocal about um, yeah. the civil rights. And it was, um, um, it's amazing. It's uh, just, a, it's an incredible life. She guys, must, watch, she the watch the documentary. <laughs> I'm going to be looking for an autobiography That's soon as well. That's anyway. also your homework. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to homework. Going back to homework. Um, this this pastel blues album I've I've been cheating. I listened to he's it. Been listening to it, <laughs> <laughs> guys. It's very good. It's it's really good. You'll definitely <laughs> really good. Hopefully, you'll no, know this song that we're gonna play off. But we're gonna give it a teaser, I guess. I actually knew this. Yeah, we. I think we both knew the song. Yeah, already, definitely. Actually. I think a lot of people will notice if there's any um from uh, Kanye fans. Yeah, or maybe we should save that for after. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was sampled by Kanye West on the album yeah. Jesus for the track Blood on the Leaves, which is like lines up with being pretty intense um, mm. and this is just like it just displays that anger most, perfectly one of the most raw like the image this song portrays of the Jim Crow laws and the and the the the, the executions the, the environment guess, yeah. and the tone of the society and the in at the time yeah is just the most raw thing ever this is strange fruit this is from the yeah. album pastel blues the album, not the rest of the album, so, is not as heavy as this. Yeah, still very enjoyable, but this is so eerie and moving, and it like the per- the performance of this scary. is artistically supports the concept in this layer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this listen, I wish I could start talking. We this gotta, we gotta give it a space moment. for this. Strange fruit. Southern trees. Twist 
his mouth Scent of magnolia Clean and fresh Then the sudden smell Okay. I'm just going to cut that a bit. Short. If that isn't just the most emotionally jarring piece of music you've heard in a while, yeah. if you really sit and just look at it and listen to it. It's so stunting, like it will stop you in your tracks. Yeah. And make you. No, yeah. it's, um, that's just some of the rawest shit I'd ever heard. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Uh, like, sorry, yeah, we're a bit. Um, we're, I think we're both a bit startled by that. Yeah. Like that's just, which is, it's just a testament to her playing and her activism, like, and her, and I, I think also just the arrangement, like actually just creating this space that you kind of forces you to like listen, yeah, and observe. It's like that thing when you're talking to someone that what's that phenomenon where like you, if you don't talk, it will force the other person to speak, like you know. And it's like it, this space in the song like makes you think, mm. like it forces you to address like your own thoughts. I don't know. And there's a lot of that space, and it's just so. It's so. It's crazy. so empty when it happens. So empty, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay, guys. So. <laughs> like no, it's, we 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 don't want to take away from the value of that. Yeah. But may as yeah. well leave you on a slightly good note and try and encourage you to listen to the album because yeah, there are some songs on it that are nice. Yeah. No, it's an amazing album. Um, uh, and so we would ideally I think we're looking for you to listen to the album see what you think maybe you're not listening to, used to listen to albums a lot of people aren't yeah but if you like it you can text us on Instagram we're hopefully gonna um, whiff of something where you can bring like bring feedback to us as well yeah hopefully little forms we'll or something yeah um, yeah I think also definitely watch the documentary I swear to god guys that is also homework yeah <laughs> if don't go on YouTube go on to Netflix and watch this uh, if you can provided. what happened to Miss Simone it's called yeah um, um, there's so many quotes from her that are still applicable to today about say like you know um, you know shaping and molding this country that we have to do it and if we don't the country won't be shaped and molded anymore um, and she says how can you be an artist and not reflect the times yeah which is a pretty great quote I think again talks about like you know kind of referencing her Contemporaries and how she's addressing it mm. head on. That's pretty aggressive, yeah. As a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to go on to Do What You Gotta Do, an amazing song. This is another Nina song that I actually only know because of a Kanye sample from the intro to um, <laughs> yeah, Famous true. off Life of Pablo. Yeah, I think Rihanna. Yeah, is an interpolation of this. Interpolation, vocal interpolation. But this is a tune. Also, kind of fitting to her career as well that she did. She had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. She was always fair. really forced into it. But if we have time, we might try and squeeze in the most, probably the most well-known song after. Yeah. If we don't. <laughs> we'll see you later, guys. See you later. Thanks so much for this episode. Thank you for listening. We had so much fun doing this, I know. Yeah. And we, you know, we learned a lot. Yeah. It's an extremely moving episode, I think, guys. Yeah. Um, Definitely did a lot for us. Yeah. Um, Listen to album. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. If we don't set up, if we set something up, we'll let you know. We'll post about it. Yeah, exactly. If not... If not, thanks for anyway, hearing your thoughts on Instagram. And Hopefully. we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys.
See you next week.
It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me, yeah It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me And I'm feeling good Fish in the sea, you know how I feel River running free, you know how I feel Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me And I'm feeling And fly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know Butterflies all having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world When you shine, you know how I feel 